Good afternoon and good evening to everyone. My name is Dave Frankowski and I'll be your moderator for today's class. And welcome to another lecture given by the Oceanside California class. This is a school and not a church. Neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. The school is a nonprofit, non-denominational, religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh our Elohim and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given unto our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley in the state of Ohio in the year of 1931. We were incorporated in the state of California in the year of 1958, and we hold classes in the United States and in various other countries. The Oceanside class was established in 1994. At this time, I'd like to introduce to you the Dean of the Oceanside class, Dr. Dennis Volpe, and the president, Dr. Carl Emler. Now in this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title for the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which were contained in the original Hebrew text. The correct name of our Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The correct title of the Word or Son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. And the correct name of the Holy Spirit, manifest in or out of a physical body, is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Now, Lord and God are titles. They are not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and there are God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title. But unlike the titles of Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. It's a divine title because it's the title that our creator has chosen for himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. And a minor investigation on your part into a good dictionary or encyclopedia would prove that neither the Hebrew, the Greek, nor the Latin languages have any letters or characters in their alphabet that would produce the sound that is made by the letter J. Neither was there a letter J in our own English language until some 1400 years after the death of the Messiah, which would make such names as Jesus and Jehovah impossible renderings for the true name of our Father and his Son. Christ is a title just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit, and in this state, he is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, the limits, and the bounds of everything that exists. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state, symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. We've drawn this cloud to extend all around the edges of this chart to show that everything on the chart is within the cloud. In like manner, 
everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Now, Yahweh, knowing that man could not perceive of him in this pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Yahweh Elohim. This is the word or son, a super incorporeal being that is having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form could only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelations. Later on, this self-same spirit manifests himself in a physical body, and he walked the earth plane as Yahshua the Messiah, who the whole world calls Jesus Christ. Now, there's only one name given unto salvation, and we must know that name. So a simple yet intelligent question that we should ask ourselves is, what did they call the Savior when he walked the earth plane? And a further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface to the Holy Name Bible. Also in this school, we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. It's the divine pattern because it's Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, he called Moses on top of Mount Sinai, and he showed him this threefold tabernacle pattern in a vision. Later on, Yahweh instructed Moses to build a physical one in the wilderness, just like the one he had seen in his vision on the mount. And the tabernacle pattern is a threefold pattern consisting of a most holy place, a holy place, and a court roundabout. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and it operates according to the structure and the function of this threefold tabernacle pattern, and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. In this school, we have 10 primary constitutional objectives and aims, and they are as follows. One, to help you find and know Yahweh our Elohim, as he really is and actually exists. Two, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah, without distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Three, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Four, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religion, psychology, philosophy, modern and occult science. Five, to extirpate six, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seven, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons, operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eight, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Nine, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained, there is no other name given among men whereby a man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua the Messiah. 
and 10, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace and our slogan is speak the truth. We'll begin this afternoon with a prayer by Dr. Frank Damasi from our Syracuse class. And then we'll have a scripture read, which we read by Dr. Jerry Geller from our Oceanside class. And the scripture tonight will be Hebrews, the third chapter, starting at verse eight. And then we're going to go all the way through the fourth chapter. Good evening, everyone. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Everybody, on Father, hearts and minds. Try and get all the thoughts of the flesh out of your head and get in a special place in your mind where you can communicate with your Heavenly Father. Dear Father, thank you and allow each of us to appreciate the grace that's been bestowed upon us. That in your purpose, you decided to show your love and open up our eyes so we can see, our ears so we can hear in our heart, that it could be converted into your nature. You even showed your love even furthermore by coming into this creation and fulfilling a covenant that we couldn't, we couldn't uh, follow. You died the death of an outcast dog, and you suffered, and you died, and you buried, and you were resurrected, and you overcame death, how in the grave, all for us to show your love. May each and every one of us never see the day where we don't love and appreciate that fact and that truth in this glorious gospel. May we always recognize each other's feelings and be considerate to one another and always love the truth. Uh, just, I'll say hallelujah. 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 Dennis, it looks like Jerry got knocked I'm off. Back on, I, uh, sorry guys. I will be reading. Can you? I got you Hebrews three seven through the end of the fourth chapter. Wherefore, as the Holy Spirit saith, today if ye will hear His voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness, as your fathers tempted me proved me and saw my works 40 years. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said, they do always err in their heart and they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Mm. Take heed, brethren, lest there be any of you, in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living Elohim. But exhort one another daily until the day that is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of the Messiah if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. Mm -hmm. 
regarding the saying, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. But with whom was he grieved 40 years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swore he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he spake in a certain place on the Sabbath on this wise, and Elohim did rest the seventh day from all his works. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest, seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Again, he limiteth a certain day saying in David, Today, after so long a time, as it is said, today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. For if Yahshua, son of Nun, had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day. There remaineth therefore a keeping of the Sabbath to the people of Elohim. For he that is entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works as Yahweh did from his. Let us do our utmost, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. For the word of Yahweh is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart, Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Yahshua, the son of Yahweh, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but in all points, tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Thank you, Dr. Jerry Geller and Dr. Frank Damasi. Our scripture readers this evening will be Dr. Andrea Volpe from our Oceanside class and Dr. Sharon Wood 
squelch from our Syracuse clash, speaking approximately 35 minutes. And our first speaker this evening will be Dr. Jerry Geller from our Oceanside class. Good afternoon, everyone. <laughs> I just walked in from driving six hours and we were so rushed. It's like all we cared about is let's just let us get the class on time because this is the rest. Knowing something about Yahweh our Elohim, that's what the rest is. And we can rest from the works, which we have been taught to do in religion all these years. We've been taught to work up on our salvation, but come to find out that it's him that we put all the work on. Um, I, I'm trying to remember where that verse where it says, it is Yahweh that worketh in you both to do and uh, to and to will. Um, let me see if I can find it real quick. Hebrews 13, 21. Thank you. Go ahead and go ahead and read. Hebrews 13, 21. Mm -hmm. uh, make you perfect. Uh, let me pick it up at 20. Now, Yahweh of peace that brought again from the dead our master Yahshua, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight to Yahshua the Messiah, to whom be glory forever and ever. Hallelujah. Is See, it's, it's Yahshua the Messiah that's working in us to do his will. If it was up to us, we wouldn't be able to do those works of righteousness. The children of Israel were given all kind of works of righteousness to do in order to be saved. And we come into class with the whatever the works of righteousness were given unto us to do by our church at the time. When I was in the Seventh-day Adventist church, we couldn't wear jewelry. We had to, on the Sabbath day, which was Saturday, we couldn't watch, you know, from Friday night sundown until Saturday night sundown. There was no TV, there was no uh, extracurricular activities. You had to, you know, concentrate just on Jesus. And, and that was a work of righteousness that we had to do. And, and we, uh, we kept the Ten Commandment law and all those things. And in every turn, we, I always found myself short. There was never a time when I felt that I was good enough to or lived up to the standards that were set up my, at my church. But yet and still, I did the best I could to work up on my righteousness by doing those things which were set up by my church. And then I came into class and I learned that, that the old covenant was out and we didn't have to do those things. And that now it was loving Yahshua with our heart and in our mind. But I still gathered a whole bunch of works that I thought I was going to do in class, class works, I, I call them. And, and I, 
Philippians 2.13 is what you want. Yes, it is. Thank you. I recognize that. But I came up with a bunch of works that I had to do in class in order to feel like, in order to earn my righteousness in class. It wasn't the same works that I had in, in church, like baptism and Lord's suppers, but I had to come, I would earn my righteousness by coming to class three times a, a week and to the extra classes that were there, by participating, by driving down to Ensenada and teaching. And I, and I had all these works and, that I set up for myself to do. And I never for years and years and years in class felt I had the Holy Spirit because I was looking to be perfect before I would receive the Holy Spirit. That's, I was looking that, that my thoughts were gonna be good before he would put his spirit in me and come to find out that you can't even will to do the right thing unless he puts that in you. Now go ahead, thank you, Diane, and get that Philippians uh, for me. I believe it was Philippians 2.13. Right. Philippians 2.13. For it is Yahweh which worketh in you, both to will and to do his good pleasure. It's Yahweh that's working in you to even will or desire to do what he wants you to do. If it's not Yahshua putting those those uh, receptors in you and putting that will in you, you won't even want to do those things which are which are righteous. And that's why it's a good sign to you that Yahshua is working with you when you have a desire to be obedient unto his will. But that doesn't mean that it's you that has that desire to be obedient. It's him that put that desire and that will in you. He's the one that brought you into class. Somebody, well, Bruce might say Dennis brought me into class when I was a wee young thing. And, but it wasn't Dennis that brought Bruce to class. It was Yahshua the Messiah. Mm -hmm. Nobody in the law and the prophets ever went anywhere without Yahshua leading them. Let's take the children of Israel, for example. The children of Israel, when they were going through the trek, and they're our example. It says that the children of Israel were our example, that we should not follow the same unbelief that they fell under. And the children of Israel went through the, through the wilderness and they were told to follow the cloud. And when the cloud got up and moved, they could get up and move. And if the cloud didn't move, they weren't supposed to get up and move. And many of them tried to get up and move when the cloud wasn't moving or when Yahweh told them, nope, you're not gonna go into Canaan's land now. And it caused them great grief and, they, and it just wasn't gonna happen unless it was something that Yahweh willed. It's all Yahweh's will all Yahweh that's doing the work. And, and when I found that out, you know, some people are like, they want to have something that they've done that they can claim is good about them that they did to earn the Holy Spirit. But that just can't be the case. Because you have, Dr. Kinley said, you came into this class dead. You didn't know a thing about Yahweh. You didn't have one right thought. And not just you. He said it was him. He was a bibliomaniac maniac before he came into class. But he said, even though I could recite the Bible from start to finish, he said, I didn't understand any of it until Yahweh showed me 
in a vision of what it was all about and turned him around. If Yahshua the Messiah doesn't turn you around, you aren't going to see a thing, not one thing. And that doesn't mean you could, you could say, well, I had a zeal of Yahweh. Well, you know, Paul had a zeal of Yahweh and Yahweh had to turn him around and point him the right direction. Because he, even though he felt he had a zeal, he was doing the totally wrong thing. He was doing, he was trying to persecute and kill Yahshuans. But Yahweh, through his grace and mercy, turned Paul around. And it was nothing that Paul did. Look what he was doing. Paul was killing Yahshuans. Mm -hmm. And thinking that in doing so, he was doing something righteous that Yahweh was pleased with. We thought we were doing things of righteousness and we were doing something that Yahweh would be pleased at, but Yahweh had to do the same thing to us as he did to Paul. He had to say, stop. And he had to give us a revelation of him and that revelation that he gave to Saul or Paul turned Paul totally around. And the people were amazed because they're like scared of the guy. He was killing them. But once Yahweh gives you a revelation, that's what turns you around. It's not that Saul desired to, to be turned around. He thought he was doing the right thing. That the only way, that the only thing that could turn him around was number one, Yahweh chose him. He chose him to be his spokesman and chose him that he was going to be obedient and be turned around and, and have things revealed unto him. And that's the same thing that happened to us. We might've thought we were doing something that was being obedient by either going to church or even going to class, but it was Yahweh that had to reveal it unto us, his truth. And really by reveal, he got in us and he's just started doing that work. But without him, you can't do anything. Let's get John 15 and 5. And uh, 2 Timothy, I think it's 1 and 9 that says you're saved and called not by works, but by his purpose and by grace. John 15 and 5. Mm -hmm. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me he can do nothing. Now, what good is a branch if it doesn't have the trunk? Mm -hmm. Do you give the glory of producing fruit to the branch? Did the branch do that without the trunk? Mm -mm. No, you wouldn't have had any fruit come from that branch if it wasn't attached to the trunk. And really the nutrients from the soil didn't come, didn't just enter into the branch. The nutrients came through the trunk. Now we're the branches and Yahshua the Messiah is the trunk and we, we're offshoots of him. And in a sense, we're part of the tree, but we would not bear fruit, fruit without the branch. That's what receives, the, it, it's, it's the branch that receives the water, that the, the gospel, I mean, not the branch, it's the trunk that, that brings in the water and provides the water, the living water to the branches. It's not like the branches are absorbing the water. It's the, the water's 
the living gospel and the living branches brought through Yahshua to the, to the branches. So without him, you can't do anything. There's nothing. And when you, he says nothing, you know, that means nothing. Nothing means zip. And it doesn't say without me, you can't do very much. It says without me, you can't do anything. Nothing. Mm -hmm. Now go ahead and get 2 Timothy 1 and 9. Second Timothy 1 and 9. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. Now you, was you, that's good enough. Now you might think, oh, you know, he, he called me because I came to class three times a week. I was diligent. I studied the scriptures. And I'm not saying not to study the scriptures and be diligent because it says that those ones in Thessalonica were more noble than the others because they searched the scriptures daily and therefore they believed. That I'm not saying that there aren't, there aren't works that you do. There aren't things that, you, that are done once you are given a revelation and Yahshua's in you. <clears throat> but really it's him in you that's doing those works. And they're not works of righteousness. They're works that Yahshua is doing and performing in you because that righteousness, which is Yahshua, is in you. So you're saved and you're called, but you're not called because of some work that you did. You're called because Yahweh chose you from the beginning. Get 2 Thessalonians 2 and 13. Mm -hmm. Get Acts 22, 14, too. 2 Thessalonians 2 and 14. 13. 13. Yahweh chose you from the beginning. I think mm -hmm. that's what it is. Yes. 2 Thessalonians 2, 13. But we are bound to give thanks always to Yahweh for you, brethren beloved of Yahshua, because Yahweh had from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth. So now Yahweh chose you from the beginning mm -hmm. unto salvation. Mm -hmm. The beginning of what? The beginning of after you've done the right things? No, he chose you from the beginning of this whole entire creation to see the truth. Right. So you find out that you have been chosen from the beginning, you've been chosen from before you even existed to come in and see the truth. Now, what are you going to do when you, when already it was predestined? People hate that word predestined. Let's just use chosen. When you already were chosen unto salvation, and it tells you how it was through sanctification and belief. And then it says, how are you going to believe unless someone was sent? How, how is somebody, you know, and it goes on and on and lets you know that it's like he set it up from the beginning. And we sit in class for so long and we learn and we see the pattern through the pattern how Yahweh chose Joseph. Joseph was chosen and he was given those visions of how he was going to be the savior of the world. He had no idea what it was talking about. He didn't know what was going on. But Yahweh had chosen him to be his servant, and he had no choice 
It's not like Joseph said, you know what? I think I would like to be thrown in the pit today so that Yahweh can come along and per per perform some salvation a little longer. We wouldn't huh. have chosen the things that huh. those folks chosen. It's not like when he chose, when he chose Moses, Moses was a goodly child. He was a baby for crying out loud. And he had the things happen with Moses from the time he was born. He had him put in the little basket in the bulrushes and stayed from a death plague and took him through all those things and put him in the household of Pharaoh. I mean, Moses didn't plan that. Yahweh purposed that he was going to use Moses. And from even before the time that Moses was born, he was already predestined what was going to happen with Moses. And you see that with all the, all the things that happened all the way through. Yahweh's already chosen who he's going to he, he said to Moses, if they're going to be a prophet among you, I, Yahweh, well, he's going to choose them. Okay. It's not like Mary and Maren had the, the option to say, you know what, I think I'm going to be someone Yahweh uses to speak through. Okay. That's not how it works. Yahweh does the choosing. You don't have anything to do with it. So here we find... Moses was chosen before he was a child. It talks about Jacob and Esau. And he said, Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. And it was talking about before they were even born, he had chosen which one he was going to go and use to show his purpose in righteousness before they were born. It's not like, and look, Esau was the firstborn. It's not like they had the, he had the option or wait a minute, I might I make whatever it is, they didn't have the option of what who was going to be the one Yahweh chose. Yahweh, he he chose who he was going to work with, and then he caused events to happen and situations to happen so that they would be put in those situations so his purpose would be magnified and his name would be glorified and his will would be done. He used people in those ways. And though and you didn't hear any of them saying, you know, I really, I, you know, I, Yahweh, he wanted to use me, you know, and, and I said, you know, I'd really like to be put in the lion's den. You know, I think I'd like to go in the fiery furnace. None of those people would have willingly on their own gone through what they went through. It was Yahshua that was working in them in order to carry out his purpose. And when you go down and you see how that this pattern is just to the T all the way from start to finish, alpha to omega, and how those people in the law and the prophets were led and they were, they, and they were um, used by Yahweh in righteousness. And then, believe me, it's a privilege to be used by Yahweh in righteousness. That's what he's doing with us. He chose us to be vessels of righteousness in order to magnify and glorify his name and carry out his purpose. And it was of nothing that we did that caused that to happen. Now go ahead and get Acts 22. Acts 22, what verse? Uh, 14. Acts 22, 14. And he said, Elohim of our fathers has chosen thee that thou shouldest know his will and see that just one and shouldest hear the voice of his mouth. 
Do you want to know why you know and see something or have, have had something revealed to you by Yahshua? It's because you've been chosen. I know people, it's like people will accept the word chosen, I guess, over predestined, but same difference. You were predetermined before you even, you didn't plan it. It was because he chose you. He chose you to know. You didn't say, oh, I, I studied real hard and therefore I know. I worked really hard to look at these principles and therefore I see and understand. No, you see and you know and you are here and you're being used by Yahshua because he chose you to do so. And he said, many wise and not many wise and not many noble have I called. He purposely calls the scumbags of the earth, us, <laughs> To show that it's nothing we could do, because if he was gonna, if it was gonna be so, he would choose some great like Earl Roberts or one of them that have you know all this knowledge behind them and appear to be so great. But he chose, he chooses the base things to show forth his will, so that those people can come in and say, we could sit and say, just like the people did of Paul, holy smokes, look at the work he did there because Paul certainly wasn't deserving to be a Yashwan. It's he did that. And, and you know what? It works the other way too. If you go over to Romans, the ninth chapter, Yahweh talks about I'll have mercy on who I will have mercy. And, and he says that it talks about the potter and the clay and he makes one vessel unto honor and one unto dishonor. And you think about the one, like Pharaoh. Pharaoh was, had this opposite thing to happen to him. He was chosen in unrighteousness. Pharaoh of his own, after about the ninth plague, he would have had it and said, just, in fact, he tried to get these people out of here. But Yahweh said, no, I'm hardening his heart so that he won't do the will of Yahweh. See, look, he's either going to harden his heart, your heart, or he's going to soften your heart. And if you don't, if you have your, your heart hardened by Yahweh and you've been chosen not to see, there's nothing you're going to do. Nothing. You're, you could pray until the cows come home. You could whine. You could wail. You could do whatever you want. If you have not been chosen or if you've been chosen for him, to, if he is, it talks about how he's blinded the hearts. If you've been chosen to, your heart has been chosen to be blinded, there's nothing you're going to do to change that. And just like there's nothing Pharaoh, Pharaoh was, would have been stupid not to become obedient after his whole place was devastated. And even after his firstborn and the firstborn of everyone in Egypt was killed, he still went running after him until they, he, he was destroyed in the sea. That's, mm -hmm. He's just going to keep on opposing Yahweh because that's what he was set up to do. And that's why when we see people that we think may have heard the truth, you know, sitting here under this gospel. See, we think, why are they, you know, how come they didn't believe? Because they weren't chosen. And it talks in the scripture lesson of those that, 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 um, that, that we, that, um, that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Mm -hmm. See, and you know what those people in the children, wilderness of Sinai, they, and it said that it says over there the things that happened to the children of Israel in the wilderness of, of Israel were our example that we would not 
fall under the same uh, unbelief as they did. In fact, somebody, if you can find that for me, find it. But the thing is, is that we see so many people that have sat under this gospel for years and years and years and years. And, and they couldn't enter into his rest because they just couldn't realize that it's just Joshua that's doing everything. And now they think somebody else is doing it. But you know what? Somebody else other than Joshua is in their hearts because they, they can't recognize that it's Joshua the Messiah. Joshua has blinded their hearts. And we can't be upset. You know, I would just spend a week with my family and they don't understand or know Yahweh and his purpose and they'll fight against it, you know. But, you know, I just have to realize Yahweh didn't choose them. I can't get upset about them because they can't help it. Mm -hmm. It's not like, it's not like Yahweh just didn't choose them. I can just be thankful that he caused me to see and know and understand. Oh my gosh, I am so grateful unto Yahshua. And when I, first, when I finally understood that there was nothing I could do to earn my salvation, it was such a relief to me because then I could just relax and let Yahshua do the work. And then it was like cake. It was like cake, because that's really all he wants. He wants the glory and the honor for what he's done. And until you're willing to give it to him, if you're trying to take it upon yourself, it's because you haven't seen, or you wouldn't be taking it upon yourself. Yahshua the Messiah is in you, and he's doing the work. And it's so peaceful and restful and comforting to just lay the burden. He said, come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest unto your souls. And really, truly, my soul was never at rest when I was in the previous class I was in, because I just didn't understand I was that, that you can't work up on your righteousness. And I wasn't resting and just letting Yahshua take over it. Now, I'm not saying that you can just sit back and uh, become stagnant and, uh, and complacent. Because you do, but you know what? Even if you do that, it's because Yahweh caused that. Because if it's Yahshua that's working in you, he's going to put that desire in you to seek the truth and to seek him. Remember, we read that verse. It's Yahweh in you that's causing you to will to even do good. And when you recognize that and you see that you have a desire to be pleasing unto Yahshua, and then you know that it's only Yahshua in you that can make you have that desire to be pleasing unto Yahshua, you can have confidence of Yahshua in you. As long as you're trying to work up on yourself, you're going to fall short and you're going you're gonna to think, oh, Yahshua is just not fulfilling what he needs to fulfill. Yahshua, he is doing it all. He's just, he's the most wonderful savior in the world. Now, I was just up taking care of my parents who are elderly and you have to, like, I had to do everything for them. I had to, the, when they got up out of bed during the night, the, 
the bell would ring, ding, 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 and I'd have to get up and run and help them go to the bathroom and then take their blood sugar and then put them, tuck them back in and go back to bed until it ding, 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 ding the next time. And I had to get up in the morning and give them their pills and give them their injections and make them breakfast and it's like practically feed them. I, but I had to do everything for them. And, and, and they could just sit and relax. And it was so frustrating for my mom because she used to be the one that did everything for everybody. And she just like, I don't want to just sit back. I want to do, I want to be the one that's the, that, that's doing everything I want to do. She didn't want to have somebody doing for her and doing for her, but that's what we have to learn to do in this gospel. We have to learn to give it to Yahshua and give, and, and just let him, and, it's, and, and the book talks about how the people frustrated grace. How do you frustrate grace? Well, how do you frustrate grace? You frustrate grace by trying Five to do it As long as you're trying to do something yourself, and thank you, I got that. Trying to do it yourself and earn your own righteousness, you are frustrating grace. You are not accepting that grace and we're saved by grace. So you better just come down and allow Yahshua to take over and listen to his voice. And, and, and he's gonna cause you to listen to his voice. He's gonna cause you to hear his voice. He's gonna cause you to see him as he really is. And he's gonna do everything. And it's so peaceful to be in that state where you've just let, let, let him do it all. Let him be responsible. And when you let him, he, he just, just opens a door here, here, just like I was with my parents. Here, walk this way. Here, your breakfast is already made. Here's your coffee with the right amount of cream and sugar. Here's your, you know, here's the medicine you need. Here, have some food. It's on the plate, already prepared. And that's just he, his, that's how great and loving he is unto us. To where he has just given us everything. All we have to do is sit and enjoy the things that Yahshua has in store for them that love him and love the truth, which we wouldn't have done if he hadn't put the love of the truth and the love of him in us in the first place. Thank you so much for your attention. I'm sorry I'm like motor mouth. I'm like still like frazzled from the traffic. <laughs> like, <laughs> but thank you for giving me something to say. All praises and glory going to Yahshua the Messiah. Thank you, Dr. Geller. And our next speaker today will be Dr. Andy Verkaterin, the Dean of our Green Bay class. Would like to say good evening, everybody. And it's mm -hmm. definitely, I hopefully everyone can hear me. Yes. I really truly enjoyed everything that the previous speaker, Jerry Geller, had said. Now, I understand this topic is a very tough topic for some people uh, to grab, but if you, but it's also a very critical and very important topic to understand. Now, um, I got a couple of things on my heart and mind, and uh, the direction is going a little different based on what Jerry said. Um, she said the fact that uh, we are chosen, and she got you some examples. 
Now we've been always taught from day one that we have to go to law, we have to go to profit, so we get it in the fulfillment. So somebody might have a problem with the chosen thing. Well, we can get it in the book and I will not manipulate the words whatsoever because sometimes people go in the book and they'll get what they believe are witnesses, but are they truly cogent or not? You can manipulate words in a particular verse to make it appear or read the way you want it to read, but we're just going to read what's in your Bible. Now, we'll go to the law, first of all, and we'll go to Deuteronomy 7, uh, starting at verse 6, and I also want the Moses chart. These are basic things which we are taught. And um, thank you very much, Greg, for doing that. Now go ahead and get me Deuteronomy 7 and 6. We'll get it right out of the book. And this is in your law, because some people say, well, I'll show it to me law. Well, here it is in the law. Plain and simple. Go ahead and get that. Deuteronomy 7 and 6. For thou art a holy people unto Yahweh, thy Elohim. Now, do we have to pick it up one verse? No, that's right at the beginning of the um, thought. Yahweh did not set his love upon you or. Next verse. That's okay, the next. Keep yep. okay, I'll start over at six. For thou art a holy people unto Yahweh thy Elohim. Yahweh thy Elohim hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself. Above mm. all, people that are upon the face of the earth. Yahweh did not set his love upon you, nor chose you, because you were more in number than any people, for you were the fewest of all people. Mm -hmm. Keep reading. But, but because Yahweh loved you, and because he would keep the oath which he has sworn unto your fathers. Now, there's a couple of things what was just read. Now, you pick it up in more than one place in these scriptures right here. That Yahweh chose Israel, and he did not choose them because of their number or all these various reasons, but he chose them because he loved them, and he swore an oath to their father. Well, didn't Yahweh swear an oath before the foundation of the world began when he's talking about choosing people before the world began? Isn't that him swearing an oath? So he has to fulfill uh, those things that he set in motion. So you have clearly here that Yahweh had chosen the 12 tribes of Israel. And for a particular reason, he chose them because he loved them and he swore an oath to their father. Now we'll go to the prophets and get uh, Isaiah 43, uh, starting at verse 10 and I think 11. Now this is basic 101. So if somebody has a problem with law and prophets, well, they probably shouldn't be on this class. Because hmm. I've been taught the importance of those things since day one. And everything that we teach can be backed up in the law and prophets. And I thoroughly enjoyed what Jerry had to say because in reality, uh, Adam was formed. I mean, I mean, all the people through the, Noah was chosen. Uh, all the patriots were chosen. None of them uh, were running around looking for God. Yahweh chose them, caused them to turn aside. But let's get in the prophets here. I, I promise to get one prophets here. Get prophets Isaiah 43 and 10. Start, please. Isaiah 43 and 10. Ye are my witnesses, saith Yahweh, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. 
Before me there was no Elohim formed, neither shall there be after me. So in other words, Yahweh is choosing men to be his witnesses. He's mm -hmm. choosing them to be witnesses and to know him. Now that's pretty clear. So if you're going to know anything about your creator, get a clue that he chose you to know something about him. Now, now we talked about that's law and prophet. Let's, let's get John 15 and 16. Let's just see what Joshua himself says. John 15 and 16. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatsoever you shall ask of the father in my name, he may give it you. Okay. That's good enough there. So here, Yahshua says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Now we also have been taught that what Yahshua is doing here is fulfilling. Well, he chose the 12 tribes back there in, in the law and then he also chose the witnesses to know him in the prophets. So Yahshua comes along and he makes the statement, you did not choose me, but I have chosen you. So that's law, prophecy, fulfillment. That's clean. You don't have to manipulate those words. We're just telling you, if, if you think that you choose Yahshua, well, you go and have fun with that one. You can manipulate the words however you see fit, but in Yahweh's purpose, he's the one that's really causing this whole show to go. Now that's law of prophecy fulfillment. Now let's go get after. Now Jerry already got uh, uh, the, the example in 2 Thessalonians, how you're chosen unto salvation. And uh, that's in 2 Thessalonians 2.13. But let's just get a couple other ones. Let's get, uh, uh, um, oh, um, 2 Timothy 1 and 9. And then I also want Ephesians 1 and 4. Second Timothy 1 and 9, mm -hmm. who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. Which so you mean there's nothing according to our works? There's nothing I can do to position myself to be saved? There's nothing I can do to position myself to be the Holy Spirit? When somebody starts thinking that they can position themselves in ways to be a recipient, well, explain to me what Paul was doing there when he was out there killing Yahshuans. He definitely was not positioning himself in any ways. If anything, Yahweh should have toasted him for persecuting those sentencing Yahshuans to death. But no, that ain't what happened with Paul. He, he didn't do, it wasn't anything he was doing to earn credits, to earn uh, some kind of uh, a reason why Yahweh would choose him. No, Yahweh chose him. And he even says that he chose him. Paul and turned him around but I don't want to get that but anyway are you done reading there uh, but according to his own purpose and grace which was given us in the Messiah Yahshua before the world began see he chose us according to his purpose and his grace before the world began so if he chose us before the world began isn't that the same thing as swearing an oath to himself, and there's none greater to swear by than the creator himself. So he has to fulfill those things that he set in motion. Now give me the other one I called for Ephesians 1 and 4. Ephesians 1 and 4. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, 
that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Mm -hmm. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Yahshua the Messiah to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. So he's doing it according to his will. And like um, Jerry got earlier in Romans, the ninth chapter, who didn't ever resist Yahweh's will? And really, you're going to see that nobody ever res resists the will of, of Yahweh. Now, we have the Moses chart up here, and I got it for a reason. Um, now, if you look on this chart, on the right side where you see the transgression, uh, transfiguration and the ascension. Now, if you zoom up on that a little bit, you're going to see that there's something written there right on the chart. And it's right below Peter, James, and John. Now, Peter's an elder and James and John are brothers. And it's right there in the center there. You can see those three men. They, if you read... Uh, now, see underneath those three men, you have something written there. It's 70 what? Choosing? Is it 70 chosen. choosing men? No, it's 70 chosen. It's right on your chart. I mean, I didn't put it there on the chart. This is a chart that was painted by R.B. Kinley because he had a divine vision and revelation so he could paint this chart. And he's the one that put these things there. Now, look, 70 chosen, not 70 choosing. Because you had chosen of Israel and you had the chosen going on. Now look, why is that there? Now if we zoom to the back to the other side, you're going to see on top of Mount Sinai, you have Aaron, who's a father or elder, Nadab and Abihu, who are two brothers. And you have 70 children of Israel. Why not 69 children? Why not 40 children? Why not 50 children? No, it's 70 children were picked out to be able to come to the mid portion of this mountain. Nobody else could touch that mountain. That, mountain. that was an invitation. If anyone else touched that mountain, they were going to be killed, cast through with a dart. So that, that was definitely something you couldn't do without permission or invitation. And Yahweh told them who was going to come up onto that mountain in Exodus, the 24th chapter. And then went up Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and what? 70 elders of Israel. And you have Yahweh Elohim or Joshua back there transfigured before Moses and all those people. Now, obviously, they didn't understand it in the beginning who that was that was transfiguring until later, the third trip in the mountain, when Moses truly knew who that was that transfigured. He knew it was Joshua, who was Joshua back then at that time. But anyway, you have the, the three here uh, uh, seeing that transfiguration. Now, when we go back to where the 70 chosen are, you're going to see there's a transfiguration going on there. Now, um, we can go to Luke, uh, 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 the I think it's Luke, the ninth chapter. Let's go to Luke, the ninth chapter for one minute, please. Started at one. You know, when we talk about where, where do we get permission to say what we're saying? When we get our permission out of the law and prophets, out of the Bible, we get them from these charts. You know, and there's a reason why those things are on there. And there's a reason why we're saying what we're saying, because these things were divinely inspired. And, and, you know, we can't mess with this type of stuff and we don't have to fix it. It's not broken. But anyway, go ahead and read for me Luke 9 and 1. Luke 9 and 1. Then he called his 12 disciples together. Now, we already know that he chose them 12. In one place in the fulfillment, he says, I chose you 12, and one of you is the devil. 
Mm. Well, he chooses the devil too. So the thing is, don't think the devil, devil's left out of this either. He's in the same uh, uh, grouping here. But he called his 12 disciples together. Now go ahead and read. And gave them power and authority over all devils and to now, cure disease. Now where did they get the power from? Who gave them the power over all devils? They, this is before Pentecost. And he gave his disciples po a power. And one of the definitions of apostle is to be empowered or, or to be sent. And, you know, some people would say eyewitnesses and things like that. But one of the apostles' uh, definitions of apostle is to be empowered or to be commissioned or to be sent. Now, go ahead and keep reading. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of Yahweh and to heal the sick. Now, were there a bunch of volunteers come along or did he commission those 12 himself? See, Christianity, they have this good feeling in their heart, and they think, well, I think I'm going to become a minister to Jesus Christ and turn my life around and all this type of stuff. That's not the way it works. Yahshua chose his disciples, and he chose them very carefully. Go ahead and read. And he said unto them, take nothing for your journey, neither staves nor script, neither bread, neither money, neither have two coats apiece. Okay, now this is where he commissioned his apostles to go out and cast out devils, to heal the sick, and to preach and all this type of stuff. So now we, in the same chapter, you're going to see that they fed a multitude of 5,000 with uh, two fishes and five loaves of bread or, or the other way around. And then also you have Yahshua transfiguring in uh, this chapter as well. And I think it starts around uh, the 28th verse and on. You have him, uh, Peter, he takes Peter, James, and, and John, and he transfigured before them. But now if you go to the 10th chapter, this is, this is the transfiguration on the Moses chart. Now, if you go to the 10th chapter and start reading at 1, what do we have here? Well, I'm just giving you a time frame of when this is happening. Now, this is the very next chapter, right after those three things that we just described. Go ahead and read. Luke 10 and 1. After these things, Yahweh appointed other 70 also and set them two and two before his face into every city and place where the he himself would come. So here's where you have these 70 others being chosen by Yahweh to preach by twos out to these various uh, areas. So it wasn't just the 12 disciples, there were 70 others, and that's where you have the 70 chosen here. He wasn't looking for volunteers, he appointed them. These were people commissioned by the Holy Spirit to be able to go and do what they were doing. Now, that's a little bit on that. Now, the other thing Jerry was talking about, she was talking about how we need divine help, we need to be blessed to be able to hear, uh, we need to be blessed to be able to see. Now, let's just work with that one a little bit as well. Uh, get, let's get uh, Amos 8 and 11 first, please. Have it, Andrea? I um, just had to look it up. It's page 779 if you have a King James. <laughs> Now I have it. Amos 8 and 11. Behold, the day comes, saith Yahweh Elohim, that I will send a famine in the land, 
not of famine of bread, nor thirst for water, but of hearing the words of Yahweh. So here we have a famine of land in the land, and it's not a famine of bread or water. It's of hearing. When they, they didn't have any ears on the side of their head. Ears didn't evolve till a couple hundred years after this. No, they all had ears. They all had eyes. But even though they had ears, and even though they had eyes, there was a famine in the land, and the famine was hearing. They were not able to hear the words of Yahweh. Mm -hmm. Now, when Yahshua was speaking uh, to, uh, when he was in his teaching, he was speaking to people in parables. And he talks about that in Matthew, uh, the 13th chapter, uh, maybe start at verse 16. Let's get Matthew 13 and 16. I don't know if we have to pick it up or not. Let me see in a second here. Um, I thought what Jerry had to say was very, very thought-provoking. Um, and it takes a lot of courage and effort to speak the things you know to the best of your ability from the heart. And, and we're expected to teach the things we believe and hold dear anyway. Um, go ahead and get me what I called for, please. Matthew 13 and 16. We probably want to pick it up a little bit because he's talking about why do they speak to you people in parables? Um, 13. Go ahead. Verse 13. Therefore speak I to them in parables because they see and see not and hear and they hear not. Neither see, do they I understand. Spoke to everybody in parables. That they see, they see not, hear, they hear not. And the apostles are questioning them about this. Go ahead and read. Verse 14. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing you shall hear, and shall not understand. And seeing you shall see, and shall not perceive. There's a famine in the land. They're not able to hear. Because they're under... The famine yet until Yahshua opens up their ears and their understanding, are they truly going to be able to finally hear it? The famine would be over. Go ahead and read. For this people's heart is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and shall be converted and I should heal them. Mm -hmm. But blessed are your eyes, for they now see. Now watch this. He said, blessed are your eyes. Read. For they see, and your ears, for they hear. You need to have your eyes, and you need to have your ears blessed by Yahshua. Have any hope of being able to hear or see the words of Yahweh. Otherwise, if that doesn't happen, you're still under a fan. Even though you got ears and eyes, you're not hearing it and you're not seeing it. Now, that's good enough there. Now let's get uh, Romans 10, uh, start at 14 through 17. Romans 10, you said start at 8? Uh, start at 14. Start at 14. Romans 10, 14. How then shall they call on him 
in whom they have not believed. Now, Jerry and, referred to the scripture a little bit when she was in her discourse. Now we are actually getting, go ahead and read. And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? Mm -hmm. And how shall they hear without a preacher? Now a question. Weren't the apostles sent out to teach? Weren't the 70 others sent out to teach? They were all commissioned to do that by the Holy Spirit. Yahshua is the one sending the teacher to us. Or Yahshua is the teacher in reality. Go ahead and read. 15. And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Master, who hath believed our report? Who hath believed our report? Go ahead. 17. So then faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the word of Yahweh. So faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of Yahweh. So it takes Yahweh to be able to cause you to have a preacher. It takes Yah, excuse me, it takes Yahshua to give you a preacher. It takes Yahshua to allow you to be healed, to be able to hear. You, you can't do anything without Yahshua, bottom line. Now, um, Christianity has this idea about um faith and you know belief and these kinds of things and a lot of times what we do is we drag a lot of these concepts of what we were taught in christianity over in the class now let's get john 6 and 64 let's see joshua here in the john the sixth chapter he's talking about how he's the bread of life which comes down from heaven and then he said eat my body and drink my blood and all this type of stuff and his disciples murmured and you know, Yahshua knew that they murmured and they were, he, he said, does this, this, this offend you? And then he later says, uh, the words I speak, they are spirit and they are life. Now, mm -hmm. get that for me and then keep going to 64. Mm -hmm. 63, John 6, 63. It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. Mm -hmm. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. See, the words of Yahshua are spirit and they are life. They're able to allow you, and Yahshua can open that. Under, he's the quickening spirit or life-giving spirit, can quicken your ears and your eyes or bless them. Mm -hmm. Just like the high priest had to have blood on his ear, his right ear, before he could administer into the most holy place. He had to be consecrated with blood. And the word bless means uh, uh, to be consecrated with blood, one of the definitions. But anyway, uh, go ahead and 64. read. 64. But there are some of you that believe not. There are, are some of you that believe not. Look at Yahshua knows there are some of you that believe not. Read. For Yahshua knew from the beginning who they were that believeth not and who shall so be Yahshua knows from the beginning who the ones that believe not and he also knows the ones that are going to believe. That's mm -hmm. just the bottom line. He knows from the beginning. Right. Now, uh, somebody might think, well, what well, we had the scripture reading tonight was Hebrews, the third chapter. Let's go up to Hebrews. Uh, uh, let's go to Hebrews um, uh, uh, three, right at one.
Hebrews 3 and 1. Mm -hmm. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. And that's us, people. We are holy brethren, and we are partakers of the heavenly calling. Read. Consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Yahshua the Messiah. We are apostles, and we are priests. But Yahshua is an apostle and a high priest before we are. We are because he is. He makes us that. He is the true one who's commissioned and sent or empowered from the Father to do what he's doing. He is the true high priest. And let us uh, uh, consider the, the apostle and high priest of our profession, Yahshua the Messiah. Read. Who was faithful to him that appointed him. Well, who appointed Yahshua? Wasn't it Yahweh that appointed Yahshua? And Yahshua was faithful to all the things that were appointed to him of the fathers. Read. As also Moses was faithful in all his house. Now, Moses was an example of someone who was faithful. But we also know that Moses was moved by the Holy Spirit. The faithfulness Moses had was a result of the fact that there was a Holy Spirit in him, even though he didn't know it back then, causing him to be faithful. Go ahead and read. Three. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses. In as and much as he's talking about Yahshua the Messiah. That faithfulness that Yahshua has is more glory than what Moses has had in his situation. Now, that's good enough there. Now, let's go to, um, uh, I want, we need to break into what this faith is. See, some people got faith as an idea and belief. It's, it's like a verb. It's, it's, I got to do this to get something. Faith is a noun. It's an attribute. And what it is, it's one of the fruits of the spirit in reality. Now, first of all, let's see where it's coming from. We want Revelation 1 and 5. Let's get that. And then I'm going to get Galatians 22, uh, uh, showing how we're, what faith is. Revelations 1 and 5. Yes. And from Yahshua the Messiah, who is the faithful witness. And the now, Yahshua the Messiah is the faithful witness. In other words, he is full of faith. And he's a witness to what the Father has sent him to do. And we also can become that through the Holy Spirit of Yahshua can make us that way as well. Uh, he's the true and faithful witness. Any more there? And the first begotten of the dead, <clears throat> and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loveth us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. He's the one that did all that. He's the one that washed us in his blood. He's the one that consecrated us. He's the one that picked us before the foundation of the world. He's the one that called us. He's the one that chose us. Um, now let's get the other one I called for. We got to get faith as being an attribute. I think you said Galatians 3.22. Is that correct? 5.22. 5.22. I'm sorry. Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Now, wait a minute. Love. love, love. Doesn't a man have love naturally so? 
you know, but we're not talking about mankind's natural love here. We're talking about the divine love, which comes from Yahshua, the genuine love of the Holy Spirit, the genuine love of Yahweh, the love of the truth, which we have to receive of Yahshua. But the fruits of the Spirit are love, read. The fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, joy, peace, peace long suffering, long suffering, gentleness, gentleness, goodness, goodness, faith, faith is one of the fruits of the spirit. It's one of the things that Yahshua can give us as fruit, because we know as a human being and as a man, we had faith before he came to class, but the faith we had, there was something wrong with it. The faith we had was blind faith. The faith we had did not come from Yahshua. We, did, we had love. We need the faith that comes from love that comes from Yahshua. We need the faith that comes from Yahshua. Now, that's good enough there. Uh, let's get uh, Ephesians uh, 6, 10 through 17. I'm just trying to establish that faith right now is an attribute. It's a fruit of the spirit. It's not a verb. It's, it's, it's something that we get from Yahshua. Now let's get Ephesians 6, starting at 10. Put on the whole, whole armor of Yahweh. Ephesians 6 and 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in Yahshua and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of Yahweh. Go ahead and go make your own armor. Grab no. some metal and start pounding some steel and put some rivets in it and make it look like this. No, put on the whole armor, whole armor of Yahweh. This is not your armor. It's his armor that you're able to put on. Right. Keep reading. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Mm -hmm. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, mm -hmm. against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, right. take unto you the whole armor of Yahweh, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand right. therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. And your loins having, with truth. Read. Hmm. And having on the breastplate of righteousness. Breastplate of righteousness. Let me ask you this. Who's the truth? Isn't Yahshua say, I am the truth, the way, and the life? So mm -hmm. if you're putting on the breastplate of righteousness, aren't you putting on Yahshua? And it mm -hmm. becomes your armor? Mm -hmm. And it's it's the breastplate of, of breastplate of righteousness. Isn't that of Yahshua too? Read. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. Weren't the apostles? Peace. Feet shod with the press preparation of the gospel when he told them 12 to go preach, and then he chose seven others to do the same. Wasn't, mm -hmm. wasn't that the case? They're putting on an armor of Yahweh. Read. Mm -hmm. Above all, take the shield of faith. Above all, take the faith that you have. No. Well, whose faith are we talking about here? We're talking about above all, take on the shield of faith which is of Yahweh's armor. He's the true and faithful witness. He's the one that's full of faith that can give you faith, the true faith you need. He's the one that is full of love that can give you the love you need to love Yahweh and the brethren truly and correctly. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, that's good enough there. 
Now, I want to get, uh, you know, in the scriptures, we can get that so far. Let us hold fast the profession of Yahshua as our profession. We can also find scriptures that talk about profession of faith. Let's hold fast the profession of our faith. Let's get Hebrews uh, uh, 12 and 1. Five minutes, Dr. Burkhardt. Okay, thank you. Hebrews 12 and 1. Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. We are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Read. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before mm -hmm. us. Looking unto Yahshua, looking the author unto Yahshua, and finisher. Looking unto ourselves, who are the authors and finishers of our own faith. No, looking unto Yahshua, who is the author and finisher of what? Our faith. Now, question. Our. Is there anything peculiar about the way that word is written? Is it tilted? Yes. Oh, so when you read things like that, that's something that the person put that in there because they wanted to make it sound more clearly. Those little tilted words are insertions to make your Bible supposedly read better. Well, wouldn't Yahshua be the author and finisher of faith, period? We already got the point where it's not your faith, it's his faith. It's his fruit. It's his attribute. It's his attribute that we need from him to become one and one with him. We need that faith. Now, obviously, I don't have time to work with a bunch of those things, but I'm going to go to Hebrews 11 and 1. Now, faith is an attribute of Yahshua Messiah, just like love is, just like all those other things are. And what I want you to read is we read Hebrews 11th chapter all the time, and we use the word faith. Now, we know that Yahshua is more faithful than Moses was, according to that scripture we got in Hebrews, the third chapter, uh, in the earlier verses. So instead of faith, I want you to insert the word Yahshua, everywhere the word faith, and start he reading at Hebrews 1 and 1. Or Hebrews, Hebrews 11 and 1. 11 and 1, sorry. No worries. Now, Yahshua is the substance of things hoped for. Now, doesn't that make sense? Now, we say faith is the substance of things hoped for. Isn't Yahshua the substance of things hoped for? Isn't that the case? Yep. Read. Now, Yahshua is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Yahshua is the evidence of things not seen. Read. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. Mm-hmm. Through Yahshua, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of you Yahweh. you think faith has the ability to do that? No, Yahshua has the ability to make that happen. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Is that faith is of Yahshua. It really, that when you're talking about understanding how things are framed, it's really by Yahshua. Really. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Mm-hmm. 
by Yahshua, Abel offered unto Yahweh a more excellent sacrifice. Now, don't than we Cain. know that holy men of Yahweh moved as they were what? They spoke as they were what? Moved by the Holy Spirit. We also have in Colossians 1.26, the mystery that was hid throughout all generations that is now being known to the sons. It's Yahshua in us, our only hope of glory. Now, under the old covenant or back before this covenant, it was in them, moving them, causing them to do and say what they did. They were moved by faith. Really, they were moved by Yahshua. But it was veiled from them. And it's not veiled from us today. Now go to, he dropped down. We don't have time to get everything. Hebrews 11 and 6. And read Yahshua instead of faith. But without Yahshua, it is impossible to please him. If you don't have the Holy Spirit or you don't have Yahshua in you, it is impossible for you to please Yahweh. Read. For he that cometh to Yahweh must believe that he is. Now, do you and think Yahshua is a faithful believer in who the Father? Oh, you betcha he is. And that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seeks Yah. Now, look, Yahshua has a reward. And we are going to be joint heirs with Yahshua. We're going to share in that reward. Now, you can keep reading this whole chapter all the way down. And it says, by faith, this happened. By faith, this happened. All these types of things. But really, Yahshua is the one who is truly causing the whole thing to unfold. And without Yahshua, we would know nothing. Without Yahshua, we would understand nothing. All praises, all glory go to Yahshua. He is our Savior. He is the one that is able to make us truly one with him. Thank you very much. Hopefully that made a little bit of sense. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Dr. Burkhaderen. And our third speaker today will be the Dean of the Syracuse class, Dr. Patrick Trivison. Good evening. Good evening. Well, he threw me a curveball again. <laughs> uh -huh. I, uh, I've been listening intently all night and the speakers have brought out an immense amount of stuff. I, I guess what I want to do is go to the scripture reading and I'm going to try to carry on with things that they've brought out I certainly can't touch on everything, touch on aspects, and uh, tie it in with the scripture. And let's start in seven and read to 12 and then go to 19. We can't read everything, but go ahead. Hebrews 3 and 7. Wherefore, as the Holy Spirit saith, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Now, today, if we would hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Harden not our hearts. And the speakers talk tonight about your heart and hearing. And ears and eyes 
and how Yahshua has to give you that ability to hear. Mm -hmm. And how you have to hear with your heart. And he has to give you that heart. And it's not anything you choose. Read, please. Harden not your hearts is in the provocation and the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works 40 years. Now he's talking to the Hebrews back here. He's talking about the Hebrews back in the wilderness of Sinai. Mm -hmm. And they had gone up to spy up out the land of Canaan. And they were up there a certain amount of time and they came back with proof of what was up there. Uh, I think it was a big bunch of fruit that bent the staff they were carrying it on. Mm -hmm. And there were 12 of the spies that went up there and spied out the land. And two of them gave a true report and said, we are well able to overtake them up in the land. But 10 of them gave a false report and said that we are not able to take the land. We are not able to overtake them and that there were giants in the land. And because of their unbelief that they were not able to take the land, to overtake the tribes that were up there, Yahweh said that for every day that they were up in Canaan, 40 days, they would spend a year in the wilderness of Sinai. So they ended up spending 40 years in the wilderness of Sinai. That first generation ended up dying off and it was the second generation that crossed the Jordan River and inherited Canaan land. But it was because of their unbelief. So he's telling, Paul is saying, he's writing this letter to the Hebrews and he's admonishing them Today, if you will hear his voice, he's imploring them, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Their hearts were so hard back there. Their hearts were hard. Mm -hmm. And of course, they didn't have a choice. They had a covenant that they were supposed to keep. They promised Yahweh they would keep this covenant. They could not keep the covenant. 
He knew that they weren't going to be able to keep the covenant. This was part of his purpose, that they would not be able to keep this covenant. So it entailed a new covenant, mm -hmm. which we'll get to, but we're going to keep reading in this scripture reading right now. Go ahead. Verse 10. Wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said, they do all always err in their heart. And they have not known my ways. They always err in their heart. See, they knew in their mind what they were supposed to do. But their heart was far from him. Mm -hmm. And they could not do what they were supposed to do because of their hard hearts. Read, please. Where in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living Elohim. Take heed, brethren, he's telling them, don't be like they were back there. Because the Hebrews, Well, we'll hold this here. We'll go over to Romans, the 10th chapter, and begin reading in the first verse. Romans 10 and 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to Yahweh for Israel is that they might be saved. Now, his prayer for Israel is that they might be saved. His prayer for his brethren was that they might be saved. This is Paul. Read, please. Two, for I bear them record that they have a zeal of Yahweh, but not according to knowledge. Now they have a zeal for Yahweh. Jerry talked about this zeal. They have a zeal for Yahweh, but it's not according to knowledge. We have many brethren right in our school today that have a zeal, but absolutely not according to knowledge not according to the knowledge that our founder, Dr. Kinley, imparted to us. Not according to knowledge. Read. Three. For they being ignorant of Yahweh's righteousness and going to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of Yahshua. So, being ignorant of Yahweh's righteousness, they have gone and established their own righteousness. This righteousness that Andy was laboring 
to get across. They, they have gone to set up their own righteousness. Now, I knew people in our class very well that uh, before the split and then when the split happened, they would occasionally come over to Syracuse and they would, they would say uh, that they had to work or for one reason or another, they had missed class in uh, East Syracuse. So to, to make up for it, they would come to our class or they would go to class in Binghamton or go to class in, in Elmira. You see, that was one of their standards of righteousness. Uh -huh. that they must attend class three times a week. Uh -huh. They had a standard of righteousness. Mm -hmm. And uh -huh. that was just one of them. They had many standards of righteousness. Mm -hmm. And the new covenant is nothing like that. The new covenant is, be is a personal thing between you and your creator mm -hmm. and your honesty between you and him and your honesty with your fellow man and your honesty with yourself. Now, is that all there is there? And uh, well, keep reading, Andrea, in Romans. Okay. Well, let's see. We're at five. For Yahshua is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. No, he's Yahshua is the end of righteousness. Yahshua is the end of righteousness. The end of the law. For everyone that believes. It's Yahshua. It's not your standard of righteousness. It's not what you have set up. It's Yahshua. It's not any other name. It's Yahshua. And it has to be Yahshua. Now that's good. Let's go back to the scripture reading. Mm -hmm. And I want to go down to 19. Oh. And then go over to Hebrews 4 and read uh, verse 2. Okay. Hebrews 3 and 19. So, yes. so we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. So they could not enter into their rest because of unbelief. This is such, a, such an important thing. This unbelief. Mm -hmm. It's because of unbelief that they did not gain their inheritance. 
And this is what Paul is trying to drive home to these Hebrews who were his brethren because his heart's prayer for them is that they might be saved. Right. Mm -hmm. Read um, Hebrews uh, in, four. in 4, read verse 2, and then jump down to 7, 9, 10. Hebrews 4 and 2, for unto us was the gospel preached as well unto them. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. Mm -hmm. I had close friends that stayed at my house. We stayed at their house. We went to, to seminars together. We went to conventions together. We ate together. We went to little league games together. We stayed at each other's houses. We roomed together at conventions. We were so close. We were so tight. We fished together. We did everything together. And mm -hmm. now they don't even talk to us. Mm -hmm. They don't even talk to us. When I got out of the hospital years and years ago and went around New York State to preach the gospel of Yahshua the Messiah because it had been put on my heart and mind to go to these various classes that were no longer teaching the vision of Dr. Kinley. After class, many times, people couldn't wait to get away from Frank and myself. They couldn't wait to get away. Huh. People that used to be close friends of mine couldn't wait to get away. These were people that heard the same gospel that we did. But it never entered into their heart. Mm -hmm. They heard it with their physical ears as had been brought out tonight, but never heard it with their inner ears. Never heard it with their heart. I hope this is making sense and I hope that this is tying in. Read, please. Uh, verse 2, for unto us was the gospel preached as well unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. But the word preached did not profit them not being mixed with faith mm -hmm. in them that heard it. Mm -hmm. Not mixed with faith in them that heard it. Now, 
Boy, Andy certainly was trying to bang on that. And uh, we're going to hold that there for a second. We're going to go over to um, uh, Hebrews, where he was, uh, the 11th chapter, start reading in one. And you want it read the way it is? Hebrews, the 11th chapter, start reading in one. Hebrews 11 and one. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's substance. Now, I know people have heard this before. I want to stress this, and I want people to look this word substance up. This was drilled into our heads when we first came into class. There was always a picture of a cloud drawn on a blackboard. And the word source, substance, limits, and bounds were always written around that cloud. Now, substance is real stuff. It's not some wispy smoke floating somewhere, some ephemeral weird stuff floating around. Substance is real. There, Greg's got it up the cloud. Mm -hmm. Substance is real stuff. It's more real than I am. It's more real than you are. Substance is real. It's reality. Mm -hmm. This is what Yahweh is. Faith is substance. It's Yahshua. It's real. It's attributes. Substance is love, beauty, justice, intelligence, wisdom, knowledge, foundation, power, strength. These things are substance. These are the things hoped for. And by using the creation, it's evidence of things that we, that are not seen. They're invisible things. But by using the creation, you see evidence of intelligence every day you see evidence of love when a woman takes a baby and nurses it you see evidence of beauty you see evidence of all these attributes manifested 
but you don't see the attribute. It's invisible. So faith is substance. Faith is real. It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Read, please. For it is, for by it the elders obtained a good report. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Now, we can't, we don't have time to get into all that, Steve. Um, they received a good report, but if you get down to the end of the chapter, it talks about, but without us, they could not receive the promise. They had to wait for us to receive the promise. And that's a whole nother lecture. That's a whole, whole nother thing. But faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is Yahshua. Yahshua's faith. Yahweh's faith. Mm -hmm. Those attributes are faith. It's real. Faith is something real. And as Andy said, our faith before we came into class was blind faith. It wasn't really faith at all. I don't know what you would call it. My faith really wasn't even in the churches. My faith was in uh, my own church. Uh, now go back to the scripture reading. You want it to seven. Seven. Hebrews four and seven. Again, he limited a certain day, saying in David, today, after so long a time, as it is said. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Harden not your hearts. Boy, he is just imploring them. Imploring them. Uh, I, I don't have time to do anymore. They're just imploring them. He's just imploring us. This is imploring us. Mm-hmm. The importance of, of coming to class, the importance of staying in class, the importance of using the name of Yahshua, the importance of, of, the, of the law and the prophets as his witnesses, and that they be, as Andy said, cogent witnesses, not just going in the and uh, uh, concordance and finding the word blood and, and, and saying, oh, I got law for the word blood. You have to understand the principle. You use the manifestation to understand the principle. If you don't understand the principle behind it, 
you haven't gained anything from it. Now I'd like to go over to Ephesians, the second chapter. But to get back to the, the get back to the uh, uh, Moses chart. See, they could not inherit Canaan land because of their unbelief. They all died in the wilderness, except for four individuals that came out of Egypt. That was Joshua, Phineas, Caleb, and Eleazar. There were four of them. And they ended up going into Canaan land. And there was their rest. There was their rest. It was a physical rest. Mm -hmm. The land was already fruitful. The houses were already there for them. And this is a type of heaven. Now this is just the type of our promise. The promise that he has given us, which is eternal life. Fruit and rest, and peace, and joy, and righteousness. And to know no pain like we do now. To know no heartbreak like we do now. Now, in Ephesians there, just start reading in one, please. Ephesians 2 and 1. And you have he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. See, we had to be quickened or made alive. We were dead in our souls. Dead. We had to be made alive. Yahshua made us alive. We didn't choose to be made alive. He chose to quicken us. Read, please. Two, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. Now that's the mystery of iniquity. He was influence, influencing us and that was our nature. We knew nothing else. We knew nothing about righteousness. We knew nothing about the truth until the Holy Spirit allowed us to. Read, please. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, <clears throat> among whom also we had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desire of the flesh and of the mind. And were by nature the children of wrath. We were just the children of wrath. We were, I'll tell you, some of us were beauties. Read, please. Even as others. But Yahweh, who is rich in mercy. Now Yahweh... 
who is rich in mercy, Yahshua, who is rich in mercy, rich in mercy, in the tabernacle, in that wilderness of Sinai, he dwelt, Yahweh Elohim dwelt in that most holy place. He dwelt on that Ark of the Covenant, and he, he sat on that Ark, and he sat on the mercy seat. He's rich in mercy. Read, please. But Yahweh, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Yahshua. By grace you are saved. By grace we are saved. Not works. He made a new... Oh, we Hold this here. Please hold this here. Sharon, go to Jeremiah 31, 31, quickly. Jeremiah 31, 31. Behold, the days come, saith Yahweh, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. See, they had split because after Solomon, his sons Rehoboam and Jeroboam split the kingdom into Israel and Judah. I will make a new covenant, new, not having existed before. Why? Because their hearts were hard and they did not keep the old covenant. Read, please. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers. Not. It's not according to the old covenant. If you know what the old covenant was like, then you know what the new covenant is not. And it's nothing like the old covenant. And there aren't any works. And there aren't any physical things that you can do. And there is no works of righteousness that you can do in this new covenant. They're just, Five minutes, Dr. Jensen. All right, thank you. There just aren't, in, aren't any works of righteousness. Read. But I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. Which my covenant they broke. Oh, they well, broke it all the time. They broke. Uh, they did things that were just abysmal. Read, please. Although I was a husband unto them, saith Yahweh, but this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. Oh, look! In in this new one, it's just going to be the house of Israel. Mm -hmm. Look, it's not going to be split. It's just going to be the body of Yahshua. House of Israel, assembly, the bride, body of Yahshua. This will be the covenant. Read, please. After those days, saith Yahweh, I will put my law in their inward parts. I will put my law in their heart and in their minds. Read. 
and write it in their hearts, and I will be their Elohim, and they shall be my people. And they shall be my people. Back to Ephesians, quick, please. Six. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Yahshua the Messiah, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Yahshua the Messiah. The exceeding riches of his grace in Yahshua the Messiah. It's by grace. It's by mercy. It's by faith. There are no works of righteousness. Read, please. Eight. For by grace are you saved. By grace are you saved. Grace. Nothing you can choose to do. Nothing. It's by grace. Mm -hmm. I implore you to understand what Grace is. Mm -hmm. Read, please. For by grace are you saved through faith. Through and faith. Through faith. Through those attributes. Through substance. Through evidence. Read, please. And not of yourselves. And not of yourselves. It is the gift of Yahweh. It's the gift of Yahweh. Read. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Not of works should any man boast. And look, my time is up. It's not of works. Not of works. It's by grace. It's by faith. It's by mercy. It's a beautiful covenant. It's a beautiful covenant. He's doing it all. I thank you very much. I hope that this tied in with what the other speakers had brought out. Uh, Mitchell always taught us to carry the baton. I hope I didn't drop it. And I hope that folks were edified. All grace and glory be to Yahshua the Messiah. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Trevison. We'd like to thank everybody who participated in our Zoom class today. We'd also like to thank those who watched us on YouTube. And we hold our Zoom class here every Saturday from 4 to 6 p.m. Pacific time. At this time, we'd like to ask everybody to stay muted until the live stream has ended. We'll now be dismissed by the doxology, which is taken from the last two verses of the book of Jude. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise Elohim, our Savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our Sovereign, belong glory and majesty, dominion and power, both before all time and now and ever. Let us all say, Hallelujah. Hallelujah.